Pastor Terry, welcome back. It's good to be back, man. Talking church once again. It is a new year and we are now past 100 episodes, so it's just the new horizons. And so thanks for having us kick off the year with you. Uh, I want to talk about a topic that it's not really in the news right now, and so maybe it's better that it isn't, but it's a topic that I, I hear a lot about. I think we've both experienced, and it's this topic of celebrity. And what I don't mean is like celebrities in yeah. culture. What I mean is sometimes when you're in ministry and you grow in influence, you start to get treated like this subculture celebrity, like a Christian celebrity. And yeah. there's many people in the subculture that a lot of times didn't ask for it, but you know, they, they have lots of Instagram followers, or they have people mm -hmm. that are look up to them and they treat them in a way that doesn't seem to be as much like a pastor anymore, but starts right. to be a celebrity. And so there's a lot of thoughts about this. And so I figured who would be better than to bring our resident celebrity. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Where's Pastor uh, Rob? He should yeah. be here for that. But I just want to have a conversation about it. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to lead. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's some misconceptions people have of maybe some of the people they look up to. And then there's mm -hmm. also some, maybe some warnings that we can share that maybe we've seen as well. But um, it, I don't want this to be like a pointing a finger at anybody. I think there's, there's no, a we lot. we need to name names. Yeah. Like <laughs> we got to name names. Yeah, that's what people want to hear. But that's why we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think starting it off, like what have you seen from that, maybe even in your own life as you've combated it. And I, I, I don't mean that to say like, oh, people are fawning or anything, but you spoke in a room, rooms of 10,000, 15,000 teenagers, mm -hmm. and it's easy to get off stage, just kind of starting there. <laughs> you get off stage, mm -hmm. you preach, and people come up and they're like, oh my goodness, that was amazing. You're incredible. You're awesome. I think every pastor that preaches experiences that to some degree, mm -hmm. no matter how many people, how have you combated that? Yeah, a healthy dose of reality. <laughs> if you met my wife, yeah. she helps me. You know, yeah. my wife is amazing, super supportive. Um, you know, I remember being ba back in the day in rooms where you watch somebody get up on the platform and speak. And then you wonder yourself, what would it be to be that person? Mm -hmm. And then you do it and you're like, I'm just more tired. And <laughs> I don't feel like I have anything really good to say. Right. Um, but you're obedient. You didn't get yourself there. And you can't keep yourself there. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's this place to be stewarded. I don't think it's um, any different than when somebody responds to the call of God into a, a vocational ministry place, marketplace ministry, um, mission field, whatever. You have to steward what God puts in front of you. Right. And it really takes a full reliance on the Lord to own those spaces. Now, of course, we've all seen people who don't, who like they're they're king or queen so and so. And their rider has only purple M&Ms in it. And right, their, right. their water has to be 73.2 degrees, just like their room in their hotel. And their hotel has to be five-star, no less. That's that group. But there's a whole other group um, that really is stewarding what the Lord has placed in front of them. Right. And is doing it to lift others and to enhance um, the kingdom. Not enhance, but to advance the kingdom of God. Do you, but do you think, like, go, going back to that first example, I know part of it's joking, like... I guess what I look at is there's a couple sides of it. On one hand, you have people that are on the road all the time yeah. who they've had bad experiences. I, I was once hosted by mm -hmm. uh, a ministry that will not be named, and they they put me in like a Christian frat house, and was they threw a party that night, and I was sleeping in like a side room, and literally like, and it wasn't like a crazy party, like Rager yeah. and people getting drunk. It was just like a Christian party, a bunch mm -hmm. of bros hanging out, but it was, I did not sleep. Right. And I'm like, right. I would have just booked a hotel. I was yeah. at another event actually that we were at together. Yep. And 
I don't know if you had better living situation than I. I think you did. I was in like the dorm area. I literally left. I'm like, I have budget for this. I'm getting out of here. I'm I'm booking a hotel. So right. maybe I'm that person that is the bougie person that we're criticizing. But like to some degree, if you're on the road a lot, like there is a level of no, this is my livelihood. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that to say like, is it is it bad to have a rider? Is it bad to have that? You know what I mean? No, like, I mean I don't think it's bad at all. I think. There, there are pastors who have the pr- privilege of traveling and speaking. Right, right. That's awesome. You know what I mean? It's not their main income. It's not their main livelihood. But for those who have the call of God to be an evangelist, to travel, to speak, because they have a word or a special word that God's given them to impart, they're going home. And that is their paycheck to support their family. Right, right. And there's a they, they might have a spouse. They might have kids. And there's so many people who say, well, why should they get anything substantial financially to come out here? They should be glad we let them come out here. But does their spouse feel the same way when they've been away for two weeks grinding and they come home with $200? Right. You know, I mean, so there is a space there to where it's not out of the realm of possibility to provide a rider of expectation. Right. Because with that rider of expectation, I, I mean, a lot of people hesitate to do it. But with it, a lot of conversations happen through that document that you don't have to have in person. Right. And then people can still make up their mind if they want to bring that individual out or not. Totally. Yeah. And and one of the things that me and my team, we oversee here at River Valley is guest hosting. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen a lot of things Mm -hmm. of guests who come in, writers that they share. Some are super, they don't have anything. Others have very specific details. And I think what's interesting about it is I actually have not seen a strong correlation in the ones that are super detailed and yeah. over the top and ones that are very low key mm-hmm. and the the way you actually see them in person there's not really a strong correlation i've i've had people who have amazing super in detail writers and they come and they're like the nicest mo- even, even if things oh, were yeah. wrong they're just the sweetest people and then other people that were not detailed at all that didn't mm-hmm. give you anything that mm-hmm. that booked their flights last minute and everything mm-hmm. and you're like oh we're we're just trying to host you and they've actually kind of treated us poorly yeah. and and everything yeah. in between. And I'm, again, this isn't a, yeah. a put on blast people, but yeah. I think that celebrity culture, mm-hmm. there's what people do to the pastor. And then there's also how the pastor responds, right? You yes. look at a, a, someone like 100%. a Billy Graham who's famous for it of like, no, take the TV out of my yep. room and traveling with somebody. Yep. And I, I think that there are, everyone's graced for a different level. hundred percent. And you can tell when somebody's almost like in a realm that God hasn't maybe prepared them for yet. Yeah. And you start to see people like bigger stages, they, they don't get they don't get shaken by them, right? No, no. Um, first of all, church famous isn't famous. And <laughs> I think true. a lot of people need to hear this. Like church famous isn't famous. Um, and what's ascribed to church, as you said at the beginning, celebrities or people who are church famous, is, should really be given to God. The ascription, the greatness, the glory, because right. you can take that stage on a room full of 10,000 people and go to a room of 100, and that message is all that matters. Right. Not the size of the room, not the detail of the writer. So as a servant of the Lord representing heaven, um, those platforms that we're given aren't for us, but for us to enhance the platform of the kingdom wherever we find it. So if those people who come into the room themselves haven't been blessed and and edified by the platform you stand on, shouldn't be on the platform. Right. You know, we, we're owning the space. Uh, Pastor Rob says it himself. He says, we don't, we, we don't own it, but we still step up like God sent us. Mm-hmm. 
That's his platform that we're standing on. So we want to steward it properly. We want to steward it well. And when an individual walks in and their attitude just reeks to high heaven, you know, I mean, you've been at things to where you've been there as a speaker and there's been somebody else and it's been tough. I, I, I was um, at a place where uh, I, I got there to speak and they said, hey, drop your backpack off in this green room we have for you. And personally, I don't like spending all my time in green rooms. I'd rather be hanging out with people. It's boring when you're sitting in there by yourself. What am I going to do? Play, 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 pray and then play Candy Crush? Like, I, I want to be with the people, you know? But I'm in there dropping off my backpack, and somebody comes in and says, you're in my green room. I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry, but this somebody said this is it. No, you're in my green room, and you need to get out of here. I'm like, first of all, nice to meet you. And they go, I don't care who you are. You're in my green room. Whoa. The hosts come in. They're like, oh, sir, so sorry. This is your green room over here. But that attitude was just like, yeah. Well, I said, Lord, never let me get into that place. Mm-hmm. I never want to get into that place. I think it's vital and absolutely important that every room we step into, we step in representing heaven. Our mission is always to edify the body of Christ. Right. And understand that's not our platform, but it's the Lord's platform. And so whatever is in a rider is the transactional piece. Mm-hmm. How we live it out has to be the transformational piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was preaching at the end of last year and was talking about humility and celebrity culture, you know, and one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of times people criticize those that are in those seats, Mm -hmm. but what scripture says is it's actually not being in the seats that's the problem. It's desiring the praise of the world. Yes. And so what I had to process through and what I was talking to the church, really living this out in my own life is, okay, wait, so God, you're telling me in James that it's not actually getting on the stage, preaching to thousands of people, getting the notoriety and all of the the praise of men and women. It's desiring that is what makes me an enemy of you. Mm-hmm. And I found myself reflecting on this. And again, obviously preaching this, but I think that a lot of times in ministry, it's even more mm-hmm. because at least the people in our congregations kind of admit that. Like, oh, no, I don't want to be like, I don't, I'm critical of maybe the athlete or the whatever. Yeah. Like, they've never really desired, like, like very few people in the congregation. Of course, you have musicians, you have mm-hmm. athletes, but very few people are saying, like, well, I could be just like Patrick Mahomes or I could be just like yeah. that athlete or I could be just like yeah. Anthony Edwards playing for the Timberwolves. Like, Nobody says that, but mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. people are like, I could preach a message like that. Oh, a thousand percent. I could, I could yeah. lead that breakout at that conference just like yeah. that. Yep. And I think we fall victims of this yep. sometimes more than even the people yep. of this world do. And I think 100%. that's a, a big warning sign to us and a big red flag to us that mm-hmm. I've had to deal with my own life where I'm sitting at a conference supposed mm-hmm. to be receiving the word that the Lord prepared on their heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Ooh, that point didn't resonate with mm-hmm. that. And, and some of it's just, it's a reality to mm-hmm. that's the work you're in. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, if, if that's so normal to you that you're actually not receiving from God, that's a big warning sign, you yes. know, and we all fall victim of it. But yep. if you're, we talk about the guy in the green room, what about the guy who's sitting next to you, who you blow off and you're like, oh no, I don't, I'm trying to get closer to the front. I'm trying to get yeah. to where it is. And it's, yep. it's a reflection in our own life, right? It is. It really is. Um, I mean, as in sports, you have Monday morning quarterbacks when it right, comes right. to church, for sure. And when people think that, I, I do think people can do it better than I can. For sure, why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the reality is, is I'm in this space for some reason, and God has created this platform and asked me to steward it. It's not going to last forever. Someday it's going to shut off, and what will I have to show for it? How mm-hmm. many 
how many purple M&Ms I had, which I don't have purple M&Ms. I don't eat M&Ms. <laughs> but you get it. Like, or will it be the kingdom that was advanced? Right. Um, I can't control how people view the platform, but I can control how I steward it. Mm. I don't need to apologize that people for platforms given um, and opportunities to stand on them and what people ascribe to me. What I do need to watch out for is if I believe the ascription, if I believe the hype, right. if I believe all that. Um, and I, and I, yeah, it could be the guy in the green, but, but it could be the guy on the floor. And we do have to guard our hearts on the floor. But also, if, you, if God has given you a place as a, as a youth pastor, as a kids pastor, as a director of um, a connections ministry, you name it, you're going to be front and center somehow you know, in some way. And there'll always be people who think that they can do it better. And I think it's, we don't want to fall victim just to the praise of man, but to also diminishing our own calling and stewarding what God has placed in front of us because of the opinion of others. Right, right. You know, that's for them to control. And I'm not going to give them a reason to, to I'm not going to prove them right about my attitude. I want to make sure that if they have a bad attitude towards what God has given me, I prove them wrong with stewarding it well and being humble. Totally. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that yeah, the victim that the enemy wants us to believe is that all these lies around us, like you said, the things that they ascribe to us, that we would be so paralyzed by that that we actually don't step into the calling that God has for our life, right? You, yeah. you see that with with anyone who's taking over, like Joshua and Caleb, right? Yep. They're taking, like, yep. if they were like, well, I mean, I know I have the faith to, to, to take on the giants, yep. but you know what? I don't want the people to, you know, think about me and whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, got it. That's yeah. fine. If David's like, you know yeah. what? Honestly, my brothers, it just it would be too big of a deal if mm-hmm. for me to jump over all my older brothers. Yeah. And I just I don't want to rock yeah. the boat too much. Yeah. No, you're God's anointed. Yeah. You're you're chosen. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, on this mm-hmm. flip side is to be an encouragement to those who are stepping into these things. Yeah. No, like if you get a bunch of Instagram followers because you said something on Instagram that resonated yeah. with a lot of people, great. Mm-hmm. If you get a a, a bigger platform mm-hmm. or a, a, a pay increase or whatever it is because of your stewarding the mm-hmm. gifts that God's given you, great. Yep. But if that starts to define you, not great. You not, know? not great. And, and I think that those are the things that I see with some of the people that are, you know, that I've spent time with that have millions of followers, that have huge platforms, mm-hmm. that are so grounded in, mm-hmm. in no, I'm I'm a disciple of the Lord. And there's other people who got, you know, they got a thousand followers and they think that That's it. they think they're the David. Yep. And it's like, ah, I'm just gonna say you yeah. ain't the David. You ain't the David, and it's really hard to decide who's wit, who's what. It and is. I'm grateful that the Lord gives opportunity and takes opportunity away, or whatever else. And unfortunately, we often hear about what their engine room has looked like after the engine room has exploded. Right. You know, but how crazy is it that we ascribe like a great engine room to a showroom? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're like, oh, their engine, their engine room must be awesome because the showroom is so fabulous. And then we hear that the engine room exploded, right? And took the showroom with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It is so difficult to determine who's what, and I think we need to stay away from those things. Um, but I do want to come back to what you were talking about. We cannot diminish the call of God on our life simply because other people are uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. We cannot. We cannot say, well, other people think I'm a fake or other people think I'm a fraud or other people think I'm trying to be this or trying to be that and thereby be disobedient to God because we diminish it because other people are uncomfortable with mm-hmm. it. I love how you said like Joshua and Caleb. I love how you said David. Somebody somewhere had to believe that God was calling them to, to do something great. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere had to believe that. And I right. wonder how many people God has called to similar things who have not stepped into it because they are not just, you know, not just, 
you know, afraid of the praise of man, but they're afraid of the criticism of man as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I see people who are being obedient to God, who are being used by God, whose stuff is gaining a ton of traction on social media and everything's going well, I say, praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Paul's posture, you know, and Paul just corrects everybody. Some people are like, I love Apollos. I love Paul. Psh, forget you all. I follow Jesus. Right, I mean, right. just what a flex, right. you know? And Paul's like, who gives a rip? Who did what or where? This is all for Christ. Mm-hmm. This isn't for who does what or who stands where, who, who gets to travel where, or who has to stay home or anything. At the end of the day, it's all for Christ. Mm-hmm. And the only one we lift up is him and him alone. Right. And so whether we're the critics, whether we're the cloud chasers, or whether we're simply trying to be obedient and humble as we step forward in what God's call is, what we do will show its worth on the day of the Lord. Right. And that's what I keep my eyes on. Like, yeah. is what I'm saying and how I'm presenting it and how I'm interacting with individuals in the room, no matter what room I'm in, is that going to show itself of having worth before the Lord on the day of the Lord? Well, you know? well what you're talking about is it's so real. I mean, I, I've lived it a long time. I probably talked about it on the podcast before, but how, how do I know if this is me trying to chase clout or mm-hmm. me trying mm-hmm. to actually share a message that I feel like God's put on my heart? Yep. And there are times where I put a lot of work into something, whether it be a social post or a sermon or a teaching, and I feel like, wow, that, that didn't resonate as much as I thought. Yep. And then there's other times where I put in a lot of work and it resonates yep. really well. And yep. I think that goes to show we're not responsible for how it's received either. We are not. And I think sometimes we're so victim, and I'm speaking almost exclusively of myself, but maybe others can resonate. We're victims of trying to think about how people are going to respond to mm-hmm. something. So we try to manufacture it to get a response. To get the amen. Right. Yeah. 100%. Whereas the difference is yep. I'm going to speak the word that God has given mm-hmm. me, trusting that he knows yep. the response. Like It's yep. like if you have a word yep. that you feel God shared, shared with you about something mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. right? You don't know that the response, but you got to trust you the word. Trust. And sometimes they're yep. not always very clear. Sometimes yep. they don't make any sense to you. But then I've had that moment before where some people shared it with me. I've seen it happen with others. I've shared a word with someone. They go, you have no idea what that meant to percent. me. And I'm going, I'm glad because yeah. it didn't make any yeah. sense You to walk me. off the stage, you're like, well, yeah. that was trash money. Totally. Nobody is going to love that. I'm going to hide behind the stage yeah. here until the room clears out. And then I'm going to just go home out the side door totally. and people are blessed. Yeah. And other times you think you are fired. Right. And people are like, hmm. And that just goes to show it's not about you, but totally. how you carry the word of the Lord. I mean, you know, you had mentioned, uh, and I think a lot, a lot of times people ask this, like, how do you know when the right time is to step out and do that or whatever? It's when it goes from being a desire to being a demand. You know, um, I would say uh, ambition is a desire. But when the call of God hits your life to do these things, it'll be a demand. You'll feel like if I don't do it, I'm being disobedient. And you have to step out and say yes. Um, well, don't you think it comes from unexpected places too? Like, like oh, all of a sudden yeah. people start reaching out where you're like, I, I didn't even like, like it makes sense if you text a friend say, Hey, I'm looking to speak somewhere. Let me know. And then he texts yeah. you back two weeks later and you're like, it's from God. You know? yeah, it's like, I mean, well, you asked yeah. for it, but then there's yeah. other times where it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like how did the, and then you go and you see the fruit of what oh, happened. For sure. God, this was you. Oh, a thousand percent. And I don't think either are bad. If no, the Lord no. is prompting somebody and you tr- call a trusted friend and say, this is what the Lord's doing on my life, if 100%. you think about it, that is equal obedience too. But there's things, and I think sometimes the best things, where God says, oh, I have this that needs to get done, and so-and-so has a message I gave them, and they've been obedient, and I'm going to connect those two dots together. Mm-hmm. We can't, when that call comes, say, uh, I think I have somebody better for you. 
even if you feel ill-equipped, you have to prepare and step out in faith. Because mm-hmm. you'll only be so equipped for all of these things. There's no stage that we should ever step on to where we feel like we got it. You know, right. I'm God's man of the hour. I'm God's woman of the hour. You got to feel like I am God's servant carrying the fire of the Lord, and I don't want to carry it in the wrong way. Right. I just want to make sure that I do it right. But you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to step out. And if, like, uh, some people ask about social media. Like, what should I do about my social media? I feel like I have something to say. Well, if you don't know how to say it, ask somebody for help. Right, it's true. Ask somebody for help. If Paul had social media back then, no, no, no. If Paul lived today, he would have been canceled four times for sure, at least, you know, and gained millions and lost millions of followers, but he wouldn't have stopped utilizing something like that. Sure. Did he care about the praise of man or obedience to the Lord? Obedience to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And in the same way with whatever we have, we have to, just be focused in on that. When you have a moment like you talked about in that green room where that person is telling you, hey, this is my green room, how do you know? And that's a small example. We've maybe all had moments to different degrees. How do you know when the right time is to respond in a way that is you just move on? Because mm-hmm. I, I think there's people out there and there's YouTube channels devoted to kind of bashing on pastors and criticizing mm-hmm. them for being heretics and whatever it is. And they bring up some scripture verses that say you should call out mm-hmm. false prophets. But then I see other scripture verses that say, hey, don't judge them. Mm-hmm. You do what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so there's kind of yep. a little bit of, yep. it's, it's not super clear for us. Mm-hmm. How have you found that where there's moments of, there's people that you see that are misleading people that say something that is not true. How close yeah. do you get involved? Do you ever get involved? Like, What, what is maybe a gauge yeah. for you? Well, that was a personal moment. I was grabbing my backpack. I was like, bro, you can have this stupid room. Right. Whatever. I'll leave my backpack in somebody's office. I don't care. Um, and I didn't know what kind of day he had. I don't know what was going on at home. Right. Honestly, it could have been crazy. That could have been the 30th engagement he had that month, and he right. was just needing to sit down. Right. And now realizing he couldn't sit down. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to move on, and that was a very private moment. What gets me is when people are misled biblically for the sake of sounding cool on the stage. Right. That was a very public thing. Um, I had a friend recently use the Word of God to illustrate a point that didn't exist in the word, in, in that part of the Word of God. Right. And then started tying contextual correlations from different parts of the Word of God to make that thing sing and win. And it was unbiblical, <laughs> just unbiblical. And yet people were shouting this individual down and amening them because it was like, this is the best thing ever, and it's the person who's saying it, so therefore the person must be right. They were wrong. Right. And I, I just said, hey, look, that's not in the Word of God. And you don't need to do that. But I did say it privately. That individual didn't receive it at first, called back later, received it. But when it comes to the Word of God, yo, correct that right. with the quickness, right. you know, to ensure that people aren't misled in, in biblically because of the hype that somebody wanted to generate. But when it comes to personal stuff and somebody's got a personal beef, I'll, I'm going to move on. For sure. What about like in this example you shared is somebody you knew, right? So you're able to reach out to them and talk to them. Yeah. What about people that you'd say like, I don't know them. They're, you know, they're maybe the most famous of all. Or they're the, even if you don't, they're not the most famous, but they're, you just don't have a relationship with them. Oh no, I call that out. If it's unbiblical. Right. I call in that the DMs out. or do you post on your story or what? Like, no, I mean, if they're making a public statement and I could, sub, and I could yeah, comment you, on it. I comment on it. Right. Like, that ain't it. You know? <laughs> that ain't it, man. If I think it was unintentional, right? you know, then I'll slip into the DMs. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't know if you meant it this way. Right. Maybe you did. Right. And if they're like, no, I totally meant it that way. Now I'm in your comments. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I'm not going to be forever in social media. Right. I just... 
don't care to do it. But I do want there to be a different perspective given on something that could be biblically inaccurate or taken out of context. Right. You know, but I make sure that it's biblically right and not just Terry Parkman's opinion. Totally. Can't just be my opinion. Yeah, it's it's very hard tension to manage because I mean I've I've had many spouts in the DMs with people where I'm going back and forth and I'm yeah. like, that that's not right. And then they're mm-hmm. coming back at me mm-hmm. and all this. And it's like mm-hmm. you you don't feel great afterwards, mm-hmm. but no. I think if you do it in a way that doesn't become personal, mm-hmm. right, to where you're saying, hey, let's keep the issue, like, all of, all of a sudden, you know, it's like in the political debates mm-hmm. where they start talking about an issue mm-hmm. and then they're like, you're a terrible person, <clears throat> you're a horrible this, you have a bad suit on, yeah. you're like, what are, you, what, are yeah. you, like, what are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah. You know, especially as believers, it's like, let's talk about the issue. Yeah. But then there's other people, like you said, that I've seen, you know, you see these things rolling around Instagram or YouTube or whatever that they're like, we found the blood of Jesus and it says it's alive. And you're like, bro, what are you? Yeah, there's like, just some wonky stuff yeah. out there because people don't get their don't, don't get their scriptural knowledge from scripture. But they I think they culture. know it's not true. I think they know it's not true and they're like, this is going to get a lot of views. And oh, I, hope, I think I some people know. who post it do. The people who eat it. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I think some people who eat it yes, like, I definitely think it's true. But I do think when it's unbiblical, it falls upon us to offer not a critique of their character, but a critique on how they postured the word and ask for a response. Right. That alone is all I need to do. And they can beef back, and I'm like, okay, that's a good opi- That's That's your thought, right, but right. now we have nowhere else to go. But if they beef back and, and then are unscriptural again, right. I'm like, hold up. Yeah, it's the difference, you know? the difference between saying, like, hey, I don't agree with this idea, or, like, where did you get the evidence to this idea versus, like, you're a terrible pastor. You yeah, you can't, like- you, can't, you can't do that. But, uh, but as long as it brings a proper balance and correction to a deviation in the, right. you know, in the word. And I, I don't think the problem is being corrected. I think the problem is having a lack of humility to to agree. Yeah. Also, also, sometimes we can say one thing on one topic and everybody responds, well, what about all these 10 other things? Right. Are you saying these don't matter? I think I posted something on, um, oh gosh, recent, uh, no, a few weeks, a few weeks, maybe a few months ago, I had posted something on um, married couples or something like that. And somebody goes, well, what about singles? I'm like, well, I'm not talking about singles right now. Right. I'm talking about like I don't devalue any of that. Mm-hmm. This isn't that's not that's not the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about when it's what they post that is unbiblical. How can we bring a corrective perspective to it? Right. And that's it. If it's from the stage, I correct in private. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's up to them to correct it publicly. Right. But I don't go and sow the seed with everybody that heard and was like, that person was wrong, weren't they? You know? and, and I also think it leads to asking the right questions too. Like th- I think sometimes we can read into something what isn't actually there. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the first step, if it's so obviously unbiblical, but the first step saying, hey, is this what you meant? Because this is what I, this is how I'm understanding it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's your own pastor or mm-hmm. if it's a friend of yours, hey, this is this what you meant by that? Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's not what I meant by that. Okay, I'm letting you know this is how it seems to me of how it came across. Mm-hmm. I chatted with a few other people that felt that way. It seems the comments feel that way. Or maybe it's just you and you misinterpreted what they said because you didn't understand mm-hmm. the context, you don't mm-hmm. understand their history, mm-hmm. all of it. If somebody tells you a story about abuse and you find out they've been abused all yeah. growing up, yeah. it has a different context. It so I do think that, that there's a, a difference in calling people out in that way. Do you see more, like, do you ever hear about this from other people? I mean, I know I brought it up to you today, but do you feel like youth pastors, <clears> as you travel, <throat> different countries, like, it feels like it's, it's becoming more prevalent than less prevalent, but I actually think, me personally, spending time with people who would be called Christian celebrities, whether they're on the podcast yeah. or here at the church, 
I find more and more that there, like, there's not a big difference in anybody. I think mm-hmm. that there's some people who I've spent time with who mm-hmm. are tough to be around. There's other people that are super easy to be around. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has mm-hmm. to do with, like you said, how was their day? How was their week? Yep. Are they are they coming from a busy travel season? Yep. Are they stepping out of sabbatical? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk to a pastor fresh off sabbatical, they're like, life is amazing. Yep. I love ministry. Yep. This is awesome. Yep. You know, you talk to one right before the sabbatical, like, I need they're a sabbatical. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, you know, I find by and large people who are doing the traveling, the speaking, have the platforms, are normal people. Mm-hmm. For sure, normal. It's the ones who are just getting getting started or are in love with themselves that, that, that you'll have the problems with. But those are very few. Those are very few. And I think sometimes we have a contempt in Christian society um, with people who do travel and speak and who have bigger platforms and whatever, but we're still paying them the dollars to come in. So I'm kind of confused by that. Yeah. Um, what I do think is absolutely important when we're, when we're talking to individuals and we say, say you're in the room and there's somebody who comes to your church and you know, man, they got a national platform, global platform, and now they're there speaking at your church. If you walk up to them as a groupie and you're just like trying to think of some question that you really don't care about, but you just want to get close to them, and then they don't respond to you in the way that you that makes you feel special, the problem doesn't lie with them. The problem lies with your need of being validated by somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should check your heart and go to the Lord and be validated by the right. Lord. However, I have found by and large with individuals like this, if there is a genuine need and you need insight and you bring it to them, these individuals will stop their totally, day yeah. for you. But they can sniff out a groupie from somebody who is really hungry for the Lord. No doubt. And they have limited time. So where are they going to give their time? To somebody who is genuinely hungry for the Lord and not just validation. Right. Well, and Jesus even, was, I mean, all the people, all the crowds, right? And you so hear these crowds. little interactions of individual moment mm-hmm. of, hey, my daughter's sick. Hey, the woman with the issue of blood. Like, you see these stories, mm-hmm. but it wasn't every single person was made made it in there because for some, it was just Jesus walked right by him and they never got a chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And it's not that these people are like Jesus by any means, but when they treat him and they of this, mm-hmm. this person, this celebrity that's a great preacher or great, has a great healing ministry or whatever it is, and you come forward, I, I think you're so right how you respond to that person is often the response you're going to get back. One mm-hmm. time my dad was speaking and a guy stood up in the middle of his message in this pastor's mm-hmm. conference and said, I don't agree with that. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Like, like let's talk afterwards. Yeah. Like, this is not the time. And he's like, I don't agree with what you said. He's like, okay, now you're just hijacking yeah. this whole conference. Yeah. And obviously people in the room are frustrated by yeah. it. But you can do that. I've had moments one, one time at a generosity accelerator. This guy said to us, we'd get done at the very end of the presentation. And it's probably, I don't know, 30 minutes left of a six-hour, seven-hour teaching. And he goes, nothing you shared was new or novel. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'm so sorry to waste your time. (laughs) Have a good day, bro. Wow. Okay. You know, so you're going to get that feedback that sometimes you just got to brush it off. You can't take it personally at all when that happens. And honestly, I just had a conversation with one of our leaders here at River Valley. We should always receive feedback from everybody. Be cool with it. I'm fine. It doesn't mean you have to digest it, and it doesn't mean you have to agree with it 100%. But all of us should be humble to receive some kind of feedback. Totally. And understand that feedback comes from somewhere, mm-hmm. and they have a story. And look, what if, like, gosh, you take this is extreme, but you take the posture of David when he was kicked out by Absalom, and instead of retaliating, and that guy could have won mm-hmm. fast. He said, what if this is the Lord's will? What if I'm missing something? Right. And so anytime we get feedback, whether you stand on a platform or you're critiquing the person on the platform or they're critiquing you or something— Always be open to feedback. 
Always be open to feedback and always be willing to say, take it before the Lord and see what the Lord says. Well, I've said this to my team and I've said this to others as well. People are actually much better at giving advice than they are taking their own advice. Oh, yeah. So they may actually be giving you good advice. Mm-hmm. They might not be living it out. Mm-hmm. Actually, most people are not living it out. Mm-hmm. But you look at the best books. Some of the best books are written by authors who maybe don't even live it out in the full way mm-hmm. that you could. And I'm yep. not criticizing the authors per se, but maybe you actually could live it out in a stronger way. Take the advice just because, you know, mm-hmm. people look at a pastor and they say, oh, well, they had a moral failure or they had this. Does that mean that their sermons were all wrong? Does that mean that everything was bad about them yeah. or somebody stole money or somebody like it's easy to wipe away everything they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not condoning it by any means, mm-hmm. but I think that you look at life. We're mm-hmm. all critics. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. have advice, but maybe we should listen to some of it. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I was thinking about is we kind of come to a close in this conversation. We could talk about this for hours, but I think the middle platform is the hardest one to steward and carry. And here's what I mean by that. It's hard to preach to a room of 10 people. It's Incredibly lot. hard. Yeah. It's, it's easily a small group of 10 people. Mm-hmm. But if you're preaching to a room of 10 people, yep. it's just hard. Two people are sleeping one of them's maybe your your friend, your really good friend, or your spouse, or your family members. So it's like you, you don't really want to preach to them. It kind of feels weird. Yeah. There's a couple real people in there that are really paying attention and listening. That's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hold a room of ten thousand, of five thousand, of fifteen thousand. It's hard. Like it people is. may think it's easier, yeah. but it it's hard. If there's echo back yep. in the room, yeah. that's challenging. Yep. You can't really see the faces yep. of people. That's challenging. Yep. But that middle group, a couple hundred, a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. That feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. You you can still see the faces of people. Mm-hmm. You can still see the reactions. Yep. They're with you. If in you get the majority room. opinion, it's a good day. Right, right. You know what but, I mean, but they're with you in the yeah. room. That you, you kind of are are working with the crowd in some ways, and you kind of feel like, all mm-hmm. right, look at me. Mm-hmm. Like this is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a trap that a lot of people find themselves in. Once they, once they get a little bit of success, they're like, you know what? I'm kind of pretty awesome. And I would just encourage those that are in that trap of maybe their youth ministry has hit a certain size or their church has hit a certain size mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that, yeah, you may speak in mm-hmm. front of 15,000 someday. You may not. Yeah. But the trap's coming in when you start to feel, you know what? Yep. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yep. My church is bigger than most yep. of the churches. My youth group's bigger than most youth mm-hmm. ministry. My social clips get more views than others. And you kind of start to pat yourself on the back because mm. those who are at the top, they realize this has never satisfied. It, it's not. It yep. will never satisfy, and it has never satisfied. Yep. I can speak to the biggest rooms or whatever they say, and those who are at the bottom are like, man, yep. this is hard to keep yep. the attention. Yep. But I just think that group in the middle, yep. that's the warning sign to say, the devil's going to try to get you because he don't mm-hmm. want you to preach to tens of thousands, but also he wants you to be ineffective at preaching to that group in front of yep. you because it's big enough to make an impact. For and sure. if you start to care about yourself, the devil's like, all right, I got you right where I want you. Yep, that's that's exactly it. It's exactly true. And, and the reality is we will never be in the place that we're at forever right now. And all that matters is how the kingdom of God has been advanced, how the people of God had been edified. And that's what you carry out of those places. People will not remember the room. People will not remember the 10,000, the 15,000 room. They might remember what Jesus did when you were there and how maybe one thing you said transformed it, but they'll give Jesus credit for it before they give you credit for it. So all that matters when we are in those places is that we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift us up if it's if he so desires. And even if he doesn't, what matters is that we advance it. I, I wrote a long time ago, 
long time ago, before I ever got in ministry, before I ever went to college, before anything. I had met my when I had met Christina, we were dating, and I wrote out this mission statement, and I still have this mission statement. But at the end of it, I, I write this little prayer. I said, God, let me just be that guy that was in that place when Jesus Christ showed up. Mm. Let people forget about who I am or where they even were, but let them remember what you did. Right. Like, let that be our prayer, whether we are influencing, whether we are traveling and speaking, standing on platforms, whether we're praying with somebody at the side of an altar and God does something amazing. Let us just be those people who are in that place when Jesus Christ showed up on the scene to set people free. Um, Because it's all just like, it's just like the grass withers and the flower fades, you know? I mean, it's just going to, it's just going to go away at some point. And I'm passionate about what lasts. Right. yeah, there's so much to be said about this. I think there's a whole other podcast that could be done on how to steward your family in seasons of massive impact and influence. Right. Because if you're faithful in the ministry, you're going to have seasons of that and how you steward your family is important. And so that's a whole other component of this that people kind of like, oh, they get all this outside stuff and the family's cool with it. Oh, no, man. It's yeah, a whole yeah. other side of things. And I think that's also a worthy conversation for later. Yeah, well, we'll leave people wanting more. All right. And thanks for chatting with this. It's been awesome. I know you live it out. And uh, as the pastor of influence, I try to live it out myself. Uh, but I'm able to see a lot of people who do an amazing job. By mm-hmm. and large, people who are in ministry, mm-hmm. they are in ministry for the right reasons. And yeah. it's awesome to see. And I hope that those who aren't, they'd say, seek the face of the Lord and humble themselves and say, hey, it's all for Jesus. For sure. And that's what we are in it for. And everyone who's listening, it's all for Jesus. Pastor Terry, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Church. want to ask one Christmas gift. Would you be willing to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen if you've not done so yet? I know you've heard me ask before, but love seeing all those that are rating it, saying that it's helpful. It helps us get this out to more people. Hope you have an amazing Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you back at the start of next year for Talking Church.